the bottom line. Here we go. Um, I'm excited about this one. Eric July is in the house. Yeah. For the people who don't know, you better check out For Cannon's Sake on YouTube. Eric, we do a lot together on uh, across, the, across the parking lot here at the Blaze <laughs> on the news and why. Yeah. And I get to sit next to you. Interesting fact, just to start this, okay? That you know a little bit, but you don't. Junior Olympic track and field athlete, Philippa Boyens is in the house. <laughs> track star, Eric July. No, I, d- I did not know that. Yeah. Track star, what? Eric July. Yeah. What events? Uh, 100, 100 and 200. Okay. Nice. Did all the way through the collegiate level. All Still right. have Texas A&M University's uh, Corpus Christi's uh, record. Still there. That's Looked amazing. The other day. Okay. <laughs> and, then, and then track athlete, yeah. long jumper, yeah. 400. Athletes at the table. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But, but now check this out. Check this out. <laughs> Philip Aboyens is in the house. Amazing award-nominated screenplay writer. We're going to dive into Eric's world. Mm-hmm. For canon's sake, yes. knows this, but the man is a mastermind when it comes to comics, film, what's happening. He's a creator. Yes. And I'm a film director. I, I know, mean, this it's, is going to be it's, fun. That's pretty unique. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not often that you see athletes cross into the production of, exactly. of content. That's, exactly. that's yeah. super rare. I mean, technically speaking, African-American. Yes. I mean, it's just, there's a lot at this table. There's a lot to discuss. Philippa, welcome again with Eric. I wanted to do, I wanted to have the two of you together on this show because yes, I'm a film director and I was on the other side of the camera as an actor and an athlete, but I'm not even close to your league when it comes to the topic I really want to discuss in detail, particularly today and entertainment. Yes. But when it comes to Marvel, DC, the history, comics. Just comics in general. Comics There's, in general. You know so much more about most things, but this is like one thing I might know a little bit more than Yaku. <laughs> and it's not going to be near what you know, but this is like one thing I might know a little Well, more. it's plenty because, look, I'm a film, I'm a film, you know, I'm like an aphrodisiac with film. I love film. I studied film. Black and I can go back and discuss film, but I, <laughs> I wasn't raised on comics. Well, South Africa, did you guys have comics? No. Yeah. And remember, and we you didn't, didn't have TV until when? No, we didn't. I mean, TV only started when I was like four or five years old. I mean, but but still, yeah, for us, comics, world. I told Eric the other day, it was newspaper oh. comics. Yeah. But it was local artists yeah. and it was always political satire. Yeah. It wasn't, it was making fun of politicians. So so I don't have that history you guys have and that rich history of, of Marvel and DC. And the reason this is so important for me is because the gist of the show is the power and the effect that the entertainment industry can have on culture. Yes. And why it's important, and I know Eric, because I've gotten to know this man and his brain, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And, and I stand with him, and I actually have argued that I think he's converting me <laughs> to being a libertarian. <laughs> but but, but anti-government, yeah. establishment, but the gist of it is take back industries. Mm-hmm. And one of it has got to be entertainment. And Eric, let's just dive off there. And we'll go back into history, but you are producing at the moment, or almost releasing, yep. a new comic series with brand new characters. Yes, uh, yeah. So the Riververse stuff—that'll uh, be the launch of my uh, my own individual company um, that will have this sort of ever expansive universe. A lot of what people have grown to see with Marvel and DC, um, and this is me giving it a shot. Look, I didn't think I was going to be—you know—I thought it was maybe a decade down the line when I was ever going to be able to do this. But, you know, this last three years, we've seen a lot of growth um, and it sped the process up. And it doesn't help that they continue to run everything that they have into the ground, which is some of the stuff that, you know, I grew up on. So I was like, all right, well, as opposed to simply just complaining about it, 
How about I be part of the solution? Come on. You know what I mean? And that's what we're trying to do here. And every day, every seems like on our show, we're talking about uh, DC did this new goofy thing. Uh, you know, Tim Drake is bisexual out of nowhere. And here's uh, gay Superman and all this other weird stuff. And, you know, I still think there's a place and so a special place in the hearts of people when it comes to like American culture comics. It's just Marvel and DC is not going to give it to them. And they have been perverse to the point to where now writers, the creators, more like into social like conditioning and, and stuff like that. It has nothing to do with some of the things that we know as like the universal truth. And I think there's still a lot of power in that. I mean, it's proven that there's still a lot of power in that. And like I said, I just want to be part of the solution as opposed to just bickering about the problem. It's it's really Thank too. You. Yeah, it's what you're about to discover here. The two of you, you you sing that same song, and so do I. But I know that about Eric. But you'll discover, it's. I can't stand it when people just go problem problem. Yeah. Be part of the solution. Yeah, you know, pick up pick up the, whatever it is. I don't care whether it's pharma- pharmacy or engineering. For us, it's just it's media and entertainment, right? And we fight sex trafficking through media and entertainment. Heck, there's there's a new show we're launching pieces. So, so Riververse. Ripperverse. The Ripper, like Ripper. my nickname, yeah, obviously. Ripper. Yeah, yeah. Young obviously. Ripper. Yeah. Um, yeah, Riververse. That'll be the name of, obviously, the universe and the company um, yeah. itself. And it's right around the corner. Like, uh, we have already sent the book off to get it, you know, it's getting printed. We have a couple of the merchandise items that we're going to be uh, releasing alongside of it that we're we're that are complete that are ready to rock so we're talking about like not even a month of no, it's weeks from it's like weeks yeah away. it's like we're, we're right there to where the first book is gonna get launched and you know kind of start off this new journey and i'm just absolutely stoked man i can't be any more excited for this. it's and, and we're gonna discuss today the, the, the and people don't know you know i always say this you buy a ten dollar movie. I don't know what movie tickets costing now. You, <laughs> At least ten, probably right? sixteen dollar movie ticket. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is, you buy that movie ticket. You sit in the theater. You watch a movie. You walk it. You go, okay, it's a movie. Huh. The work, <laughs> right? The work, the yeah. absolute epic. Look, it's a, it's a, it's a recipe for disaster to even start a process like that. Of saying I'm going to start a brand new comic. I'm going to write a comic book, not just for myself and my friends. I'm about to launch a universe. Yes. You're in the process. You're in the process of launch, which Eric doesn't know this, but you're in the process of launching a new universe to combat Disney princesses. Oh, and it's and it is how to win the hearts of the young girls. But and it's not. That. This is no joke, man. I'm married to a writer. You wrote Thanks. this stuff yeah. too. Yeah. This yeah. is not just your idea. You wrote this. Yeah, you and wrote I, the copy. I, I think this is like what makes this what we're about to do is so special because I grew up in that sort of culture. I understand it. It's not just some big corpo that wanted to give it a shot or say, hey, I wanted to be make a company, comic book company, but having known nothing really of, of like what it's about. So this is a guy that had been involved in this in this fandom. And I, yeah, I am writing, you know, this is my vision. And yeah, we'll bring people on sure. in the future. But we want to launch it with with that vision first. Well, you want to set direction. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. yeah. that's, again, that, that, the, lack, the lack of direction is the problem <laughs> that we have right now in Marvel and DC. So that's what that, that's what I'm trying to do now. And I think this is why it's going to resonate with so many people. Uh, not just uh, newcomers, but especially people that are that already know about this sort of comic book stuff that now instead of some guy that hates them, which is what we have right now with comic books, these people that write them literally don't like us. They don't they, they they're open with it on Twitter. They don't like your vaccination status. They don't like yeah. anything about you. Now, I want to give people something that they don't have to feel guilty in terms of purchasing, purchasing it or consuming that in some form of media. They can say, OK, at least there's someone that values liberty. 
that is making something that I that I in turn value. So I don't have to sit up here and line the pockets up of Marvel or Disney or uh, Warner Bros with AT and T with uh, with DC. They don't have to do that anymore. And that's what we're trying to do here. And that's really important too. As consumers, we where we put our money, where we put our time, like we need to support people like you. Like we really do because. When you give more money to Disney and Netflix and all these different places, they're going to keep creating the content that they've been creating. You're giving them more money to create that kind of content. So when we support people like Eric, you can keep creating the stuff that you're creating that speaks to culture. I want to talk about um, the impacts of comics in your life and like yeah. how. Yeah, I, w- I was going to ask that, yeah. but before I do, you know, there's a reason. Sometimes there's a method to my madness. Not often, <laughs> but sometimes. I started with track and field and the okay. common denominator because. Competition is healthy. Absolutely. Competition is healthy. Some people shy away from it, and those are never going to be winners in life. But no, but but you as competition, you know, someone else runs a time. You were a heptathlete, so that's seven events. It's insane, right? But someone runs faster. It just pushes you. It drives you. We need competition. Iron new sharpens compi- iron. Yeah. You say that often. Yeah, well, that's scripture. It's yeah. in the Word of God. We need new competition yeah. in media, but what we don't need. And you made a point to this. And I want to say this. Y- you were raised on comics. Yeah. You you know, I was raised on stage and theater and film. You were raised in entertainment. Your mother yeah. owns an agency. You were raised in media, right? There's a history here. When it falls short for me is when someone comes out of nowhere. And I'm not discouraging people to do this. But when they come out of nowhere, and this is sometimes what you see with Christian film. Oh, And they've never been in the industry. They've never written a script. And now they go through the process of raising the money and making something. And and the end result is not quality, right? That's problematic. Absolutely. Because then people always get a bad taste and they go, that's my experience. I want to hear your thoughts. But they go, ah, okay, I guess I'll go back to the other guys. I know when they find your comic books, I know this because I know you. They're going to go, oh, wait a minute. This is a different game. This is par for par. Yeah. Yeah. This is, okay. When they read your writing, when people read your writing, it's like, okay, you're giving me now a substitute that's going to stimulate me yes. mm-hmm. at the same level. Yes. I'll make the trade. Yeah. I'll make the trade. That's what we need. But you can't ask someone to trade from here to here, down below. Thoughts on that? No, this is what I talk about all the time. We've kind of uh, talked about this on the news and why every now and then, where I say the people that are entering into these sectors need to be beating on their craft so much that they're actually good at what it is that they're doing. Being an alternative simply isn't enough. Being a good one is what it is that we need. So the people that, and you know, we've met people, I'm sure you guys have that are talented that are in this space. And that's more so what I, what I gravitate towards. Unfortunately, you know, and you probably get this as well. I'll get someone that, Hey, we saw your video talking about whatever alternative, like let's say in my case is a comic book. And then they'll email me and it's their product and it's not really good. The artwork isn't that good. Um, and something like that. It's not packaged very well. See, that's, we have enough of that. You know what I mean? I, I think that's like to your point, what people say is, well, I don't really, I guess I'll go back to the people that hate me because this isn't even near the, near the quality of what, what it is that we're it's dealing with. It's still entertainment. Yeah. At the end of the day. So I, you, you got to be good. Need, you can transform. But you still need to entertain. Absolutely. It's not just being an alternative just just for the sake of doing it and thinking your old support because of that is not good enough. So this is why having people that know what it is that they're doing and then 
having that come into fruition to a like a project, whether it be what we are all coming up with, that is so valuable. And if we're going to take back culture, it's a necessary thing. But, you know, you're good at what it is that you do. Um, I, I this isn't my even my first creative project. You know what I mean? Being in music and doing all these other things like I've, I've done it. I think this is why so many people are stoked, because I've never let my my audience down from a customer standpoint ever. Um, if I've said I was going to do something, I was going to deliver. And I didn't have till this. It's funny. People are still trying to grasp the idea of what it is that I'm trying to do. Like they'll ask me like, oh, so you got to watch for this and that, because what about the publish? I'm like, I'm the one publishing it. Like, understand, yeah, like, yeah. this isn't, I, you, you think it down here. This I'll, is not just making a comic. We're changing the model. Exactly. Yeah, the completely. Model. Like, yeah. I, like, uh, hey, you're going to host the stuff on, uh, let's say, Indiegogo or something. No, I'm going to build my own store with my own programmers and developers and in-house that. And y'all could purchase it there. I'm not playing around here. I Like, this is something that I genuinely take serious. But if my sights are set on competing with the likes of the Marvel and DCs of the world, that's what I have to do. Yeah, that's absolutely. what I have to do. Yeah, and, and surround yourself with the best people. Absolutely. Philippa, you had a question, which I'm very interested to. His background. And yeah. I want both of you to answer this. You, go way back. Well, your first introduction, maybe you start, and your background in comic books, characters. <laughs> because one thing about you as a writer yeah. that I, I, I put you up against anybody, honestly, on planet Earth, it's is character development. Your character development is incredible. Is incredible. Right. So I love people and I love understanding people and the whole hero villain arc in relationship is really, I, I just love it. And I, I love the choices people make and how they get there. Um, so I, I didn't get a lot of like hard copy comic books, but I grew up on um, all the X-Men mm-hmm. um, TV shows yeah, and TV, yeah. Spider-Man and Batman Maybe, and yeah. Superman, the Justice League. Like I watched everything I could. And the people that knew me best gave me like Supergirl comics and, and, and art materials to draw and, and write. So, and my kids now, they have their whole room is yeah. decorated. Yeah, with me. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the bed I, I sheets, it. the bed sheets our children sleep on. Yeah. Okay. It's Wonder Woman. I it's Marvel it. and I DC. And Philippa and her friends hand painted all the characters. Mm-hmm. So she painted Wonder Woman. It's on the, it. that's the art on their wall. But, I mean, we are living this. And, I love it. And I love it too because I, I love heroes and the whole idea because I think all of us have that spark inside yes. of us. And I think that's what speaks to us culturally um, that we are created to be heroes. And so seeing those done the right way yep. is really important gives us something to inspire to to fight the bad guys like i i love it yeah so. that that was i mean like you know this day and age people that i would call them talentless that unfortunately are able to that are writing for dc and marvel now they're under this moronic impression that for example the only way that i can let's say relate to a character or even adopt one or liked one is if they let's say share the same skin tone as me And it goes to show that they have no idea what it is that they're doing with like character development or what makes human beings human beings. And like these sort of why is that? Because I've noticed that. Yeah, it's almost like they're placating. Yeah, that's what it is they do. And uh, unfortunately, you get a lot of mundane, lazy stuff. This is why you have all these re swaps and stuff that I always reject. I mean, you look my name up on YouTube; it's usually a video of me talking about that tokenism. But like my, for example, my favorite hero growing up was Flash. Obviously, oh, considering oh, that, on. 
I we was, run, we sprint. Bingo. Come on now. Bingo. So when We're my mother when my mother uh introduced me to the character, that's what it was. It's this guy whose power was and he was using it to do good was to go really fast. And that's what obviously resonated with me because I was a kid and I was I was really I, I was really fast as a kid. Now once I aged, Batman then became my favorite and understand that sort of uh you know more complexity of of like dealing with okay, he his father wasn't around when he had to uh, got older because his parents were killed and stuff like that. That was that was stuff that my parents weren't killed, but my father wasn't around, and it's something that resonated with me. You know what I mean? It, I didn't care that Bruce Wayne was white. That didn't that didn't matter to me. Yeah, I was I mean? gonna. Add, well, that's actually Batman's my favorite character. Yeah. It has always been my favorite character because he doesn't I, have superpowers. Because he does <laughs> not have superpowers, yeah. and I resonate with you can do superhuman things without superpowers if you use all your skills. I like Superman too. But it's not as realistic for me. Batman is real. But, but for me, it was his father wasn't around. I was raised without a father, Same a common yeah. denominator. Yeah. But you just mentioned something. Did you ever growing up go, oh, he's a white superhero? Didn't even cross my mind. Like it didn't even, it literally did not cross my mind. And I grew up on that same, like, thankfully when I was coming up, we had those examples of good crossovers, like in, a, in an animated sense. So when you had like in the going in the early to mid 90s, you had like the uh, X-Men, the animated series, which to me, I mean, if you've watched this as an adult, it's better because it's there was really stuff good. that they would talk about. You didn't really understand when you were younger. Later, I, you can You can. You can. You understand. I, I had I spoke with um, Eric uh, and Julia Leewald, who were the screen uh, writers and the showrunner for that on my show. And they talked about how they would never write down to the audience. They were like, yeah, our stuff was on Fox Kids. But we wanted this to transcend, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it did. Batman, the animated series. This is what people, t- they say this is the definitive Batman, like the Batman, the animated series in the 90s. And it is. It was so good. And coming up and not, I didn't, it didn't even cross my mind that, okay, this guy was white. Or like, I didn't care about any of that. And we were able, and same can be said for my friends, we were able to resonate with these characters and like them and not have to worry about what, what their race was or anything like that. And I think that's what separates certainly the generations that it is that we're dealing with now, where they feel like the first thing about you is your race, mm. your sexuality, your your gender. And there's nothing the else. Political status. The politi- yeah, political. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah. this is why their books are reflective of that. And this is why it's so bad. It's so terrible because they don't know how to write. Care. They don't know what makes humans human. Because as a writer, Philippa, help me here. I really believe when you start introducing those kind of things in the creative process, you are you are bastardizing the creative process. You can't truly well, write from a deep emotional standpoint because you got to consider all these other societal things. And now you got this half-baked. I feel like we're in a situation now where these really great creatives have their companies, their ideas have really sold out to corporate America mm-hmm. and to these narratives. Um, so it's no longer controlled by the creatives who really had these stories that impacted people. Um, now it's it's bought and it's to sell products and mm-hmm. it's to sell merchandise. Yep. And that's why you're getting stories that aren't connecting with people anymore. And that's why they're trying to throw in these the token characters yeah. and things like that because they're trying to bring people in, um, um, you know, making Captain... No, is it Captain Marvel, a girl making sure that happens? Yeah, like you know. Yeah, you know they're doing all that kind of stuff. So I just it feels like the creatives have sold out to the money because I think the birthplace, right? Yeah. When you think of the birthplace of a character, right? Because it's still characters, you give them life. For me, the birthplace is off. 
they're not doing it because it's a creative inspiration. They're doing it asking, how do we placate to this sector of society? Well, we better create some sort of a character. And for me, it's just off. You're not going to have something kind of that feels yeah. it's backwards. That's authentic. I mean, I just look for me. It's just simple. I just track and look film. I can talk comics. I, I, that's why you're here. But it transcended from comics to film. So mm-hmm. all these characters. If I just look at the film component of Batman, yeah. The further we go in, the worse it gets. Yeah. Terrible. I mean, can I, we just? I do look? love Nolan stuff. No, Nolan. Is a, <laughs> well, Nolan revived it. Yeah. Nolan mm-hmm. revised everything he touches, but look at where we are now. We just cast a Batman that I go. How in the world do you want me to champion this guy? I mean, Twilight this is Batman. this is the guy whose skin was glistening. It was frolicking down the field. <laughs> I mean. I mean, what do we do? How about this? How am I supposed to now disconnect with that image (laughs) of Twilight and all of a sudden this is Bruce Wayne? Come on, man. What are we doing here? But something I have been toying with, because I had a friend um, who also loved comics and her husband loved comics. And then she, they started watching a lot of CNN. Oh, no. Yes. And so we got into these situations and these conversations where, and I agree with her. She's like, she had young kids and she's like, Philippa, there's not a lot of shows that have um, ethnic characters like as leads. And like my kids, when they look at people on TV, there's just not, you know, where representation matters. And I, I, I do, I do get that. Like when you're watching a show and there's like nobody who looks like me, that that would probably feel weird sometimes, especially if, um, you know, if the story's not any good. But, um, but I was telling her, I'm like. Because we were working on a, a screenplay out of South Africa. It took place in South Africa. And there's this this young kid who's from the slums. Simon. And the character's name is Simon. And I love the character. But I'm like, I am a white American girl. And I like middle class, upper middle, upper class. I can't write this character. Like I just, there's nothing in me that's. Um, so I was telling her, like, I can only write from what I know. And so I think that's something that has kind of. I think that's shown up in our culture is we're writing from what we know and we need more good writers that aren't going to sell out that are from different backgrounds because I can't, I can't write the African kid. Do, do I, you think, I tried, do you think it was really both bad. Of, both of you, do you think, and I it may be a rhetorical question, but do you think there are writers today that are entrapped in Hollywood who truly really want to write some really good stuff? Because I, mean, I feel like the, I feel like uh, this is me just speaking for me. I feel like we're in a creative drought. Hundred percent. Like no, we for sure are. I mean, and I'm hoping it leads to like some sort of renaissance of sort. But it's all connected. I mean, my I can't speak as much as like certainly you can in, in regards to the Hollywood guy. Even though it seems like people are now writing books for them to be adapted by Hollywood and to make some sort of social statement in that regard. Yeah. yeah. But for me. I think we have a bunch of people who aren't really interested in like the subculture as they are against like more so therefore lecturing people and trying to condition people to adopt their personal social through views, entertainment, through entertainment and use, using that to do that. And I think those are the people that have convinced somebody in the middle. And I could be wrong on this, but this is what I pick up from it. I think there's a disconnect between the big corpos. And the people that like out at the ground level for like Marvel and DC that are the actual creators. I think somebody in the middle probably just graduated from some Ivy League. It has blue hair. Has convinced the corpos that these people know what it is that people want and what it is that they are doing. So 
what happens is, and you can speak to this with the Hollywood sense, because now all those at the ground level and the creative spots are really just one line of like acceptable line of thinking. We had the Project Veritas thing come out with ESPN and yep. they were really telling their views of how, oh, man, this is racist uh, crap against white people and all of that. They don't say that publicly, though. When you say stuff publicly, you end up like Gina Carano. So these folks don't know what it is they're doing. They don't know what resonates with human beings. They're more interested in trying to catch a headline. And they've convinced the corpos that this is if it doesn't make money now, it's going to make money in the future. I think at some point, and this is, I guess, the the uh, if there's something to be optimistic, I'm not as I'm not optimistic at all about Marvel and DC. I don't even have a pull list anymore. I don't care. Uh, let them let them fail for all I'm saying. But if they are ever going to pivot, it's going to be because of the alternatives that have then strayed people away from their stuff. And then the corpos pay attention to that and they say it pulls them back in the right money direction. Talks. Bingo. Bingo. Money mm-hmm. talks. I feel like there's a distribution problem. I feel like we've got a chokehold on distribution. Like we, we talk about content's king, but distribution's emperor. Yeah. Like you can create some great content, but doesn't mean it's going to get distributed. And Which is why we're now in the it, distribution so. game. And I want to bless this guy with the distribution. You yeah. have to. But I think the point Eric is making here is interesting. Content is king. Distribution is emperor. But what I'm hearing him saying is these young ones who's coming up are influencing the powers that be at the corp- yes. corporate level that yes. controls distribution. Yeah. And and th- I, this is a pet peeve of mine. And I don't mean to tick off all the millennials and the Gen Zers that are watching this. I love you, man. But let me just tell you, you don't know it all. Okay. <laughs> you just don't know it all. And I feel like whether it's corporations or churches or organizations, they're playing and giving so much influence and power to the rookies. Yeah. That that I can only imagine, you know. Well, are you know, they the buying power? Why are they doing that? That's the thing. They're not the buying. They're but not that, the buying you, power. We saw this when, like, in, uh, keeping it in the comic book sense. So we just, I just uh, talked about this on our show. So Tom Taylor, uh, he wrote that gay Superman thing that went with John Kennedy's up and gay out of nowhere. Okay. So. That went from number six on the on the list of, I don't know, highly sold comics or whatever. And it dropped all the way down the next month, which was this past month, to 45. That, customers, is, that is a plummet. Yes. The customers utterly reject this stuff. It's, it's not a secret. It's so Superman. They don't, yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> no, but here's your, come on now. Let's be honest. You know, to get someone to dislike the Dallas Cowboys is really hard, yeah. and they never win. That's true. <laughs> to dislike to dislike Superman is very hard to do. Yep. You got to screw up at an epic level. Yes, that's that's actually speaking to to a good point. That of usually in the top like tens, they're always going to be the Batman, and more to, more so Batman, but Superman's going to be there if he has a book. It's just automatic, you know. That that's their mainstay. So if you somehow manage to screw up Superman, you really messed up. You may really messed up. But the customers are rejecting this. This is why I say there's somebody that's convinced these corpos yeah. that this stuff is going to make money going into the future. And for a, for a long time, I think that it did. Well, not a long time. I think like kind of the 2014, 2015, 2016 when it's really ramped up. It worked because they were still dependent, I guess, on the folks that they have said, you know what, we don't like you. We're going to tell you publicly we don't like you and we're going to make make our material that you like in spite of you. We're seeing this go across the board. DC, Marvel, Star Wars, Star Trek, like all of them are having the same exact problem. 
And they could get away with it early on because people are so attached to it. But it's only so long that you can just sit up there and insult your core customer base. Force feed you bad food. Right. You, yeah. can, you can only get away with that for, for a certain minute. And this is why you see, for example, Marvel has laid a few duds. Well, they couldn't miss for a while. Eternals oh, didn't make didn't, any they money. They didn't miss on anything. Yeah, they didn't miss on anything. They didn't no. miss on any, even, even the ones that like Ragnarok, where they thought were bad movies, still killed I mean, them. they threw pasta to the wall and it all made money. All made money. Eternals lost money. Shang-Chi barely, like for example, broke made, even. Uh, b- barely broke even. So you're seeing that Black Widow didn't, didn't do that well. So you're seeing that people are, are rejecting stuff like that. And they had to dig back in their nostalgia bait for Spider-Man to do what it is that they did. They had to bring back Toby. They had to bring back, back Andrew, which is all uh, reminiscent of the past, to try to make money now. It's it, it's not a sustainable practice. And I think that as we these alternatives start to create be created, I think we're going to see a little bit of a renaissance. So if you're holding on to, I wouldn't hold on for the near future that they're going to change. But in the future, maybe they will, but it won't be because they want it to. It'll be because the customer said, we'll replace you with their stuff. And the corpo said, hold up. Our bottom line isn't isn't really it being like we got to we got to fix this. We got to kind of. Uh, oh, you're so, oh, you're so good. Yeah. You're so, I should pay you under the table. The bottom line, <laughs> yeah. the bottom line. Before we go on, I got to do a quick break. But when we come back, I want I want to pick up there because I was my first job. I painted houses. I was like 12, 13 years old, right? And I was told early on, the customer is always right. And that's kind of a lost art in American restaurants today. Service is terrible, (laughs) absolutely terrible. The customer is always right. And I think to your point, Eric, when I pick it up after this break, when it's demanded by the consumer, at one point, either they're going to change or die. Yeah. And And then just, hey, we'll just buy... You know, Rupaverse Comics. I just want to talk real quick about Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is an amazing company, the only Christian conservative company in the cell phone business that puts their money where their mouth is. They supported us to go to the border. They help us to rescue children from sex trafficking. I've literally watched these guys go to the border with us and bring boxes of food. And this is a corporate company that puts their dollars back into the belief system, into conservative Christian belief system. And supporting other organizations that have the same value. So check them out, please. Go to 972-PATRIOT. Mention the bottom line. You'll get free activation. The guys and gals at Patriot Mobile are doing it right. Uh, They use the same towers as all the other networks. They give you great service. Check them out. Um, Customers King, Philippa, you're right. Okay. Your perspective of in the writing process, what do you consider? And I want to ask you the same. When you're writing, do you consider the, the consumer as you're developing a character? I mean, is that a, is that a feature in your mind? I mean, well, I think you, you can get into the creative and analytical aspects of your mind that fight. And that's really bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it keeps me in a gridlock where I can't move. Um, so I... For me, in the creative aspect, I have to really dive into um, the characters and be true to their stories and what moves me. And yeah. then I can, then I once that's done, I, the editors come in and, and you can screen for other people and get feedback on what's not working and make alterations that way. That's kind of what I do. So, so you have to be moved yourself, and then it's if from it, it's from being moved yeah. that you pour out. And if you it write doesn't from... move me, I don't want. I don't have an interest in in doing it. I think so. Yeah, no, it's the same thing with me. Like I create 
And I think this is what's happening with our comic book stuff. And I noticed this almost immediately. I'm looking at it first, like, okay, it, what did I come up on? What do I understand about human beings and having that be reflective of what my story is, the story that's being told and the characters it is that I'm developing. I think when you start worrying about customers, because some look, I know this with the music stuff, man. My band backwards put out a song. It was a single, you know, it, it, it hit big. And then there's some buried song on the album that we thought was just a throwaway ends up popping. And happens all the time. Everybody likes it. That's and that ends up now being a part of our live set. That's the type of stuff you're going to deal with as a creative. And I, we, we, we pay attention to that. And we kind of take that, you know, we, we, we assess that in our next creation because we know this is what they want. You're going to deal with that when you're making books or whatever. It Sometimes it's something that you may thought was just a maybe it's a side character that was just supposed to be there. And it really resonated with people. So you got to further develop them. So it's like, yeah, you make your vision come to life first and then the customer will dictate what they want you to uh, uh, to develop in the future. And I think taking that feedback seriously is important, an important thing where you like, you know, this is why I, I love when we do have creatives that are also business folk as yeah. well, which yeah. is you don't get that a, a whole lot because That's they don't hard. understand. It's a difficult thing. Yeah. It is a very difficult thing. And often it's separated. But I think this is the advantage, for example, that I got with us is that, you know, yeah, I'm writing, but all the business stuff, my bottom, the bottom line is dependent, you know what I mean, on what it is that I do. So, yeah, I, I got to take that sort of st- that sort of feedback and, and reassess sometimes. Sometimes it's going to be a character that pops off that you expect it to. And sometimes it's a character that you were like, oh, I thought people were really going to like it. And they just said, oh, it's OK. And, and you got to pay attention to that sort of stuff. But what's happened now with these creatives, they don't care at all about the customers. They're, in fact, writing books for people for a base that doesn't even exist. You know what I mean? Like Try, trying to force feed. Right. A creative narrative down someone's throat by, by making it the only thing you can get. Yes. So it's almost like saying, hey, you're going to eat cream of wheat. I don't like cream of wheat. It's all we got. And we're going to keep bringing it. Yeah. We're going to bring it. Right. And you go, wait, wait a minute. And then off comes Eric wait. and he goes, hey, want a steak over here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but seriously. So I feel like that because it's by design. It almost. is by design and it affects culture so much. And we have not seen the full effects of what this is going to do. But I remember we went to South Africa. We used to train models and actors in South Africa. And this one kid comes up to me and he's like, so is everyone in America like modern family? I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Like, like that's the kind of stuff, entertainment we were putting out at the time that really affects people. But and it matters, though. It, it matters. So all of our shows now have, like, I'm reading a ton of books, and every single book has to have a homosexual character yeah. in relationship. Um, it's like you have to have check marks in TV shows now, too. You have to have this type of character. You have to have this type of... Um, yeah, a lot of them, like, aren't even eligible for these awards that they try to get. Like BAFTA, for example, you yeah. have to have not even just with your with like the actors and the actresses, but like people that are part of like your production team oh, yeah. have to have a certain box. Like it has to be X amount of percentage like of a quota. Of the, yeah. And it's like that, that in itself is just destroying the merit. And it's affecting. I mean, the statistics now on our on our youth in high schools and um, middle schools, it's awful. Like they're saying what about 50% are now like not straight or something. Yeah. Like, like it was like 41, I think was the exact number of mem- people that uh, young folk that identify as LGBTQ. That tells you right there that this stuff was not trivial. It never was trivial. And it mattered. Yeah. And I hate that people it on does. our side 
for for decades neglected this stuff. That it's on us, man. Yes. It's on us. It's like I I'm so glad you just brought that up. Why is it always that we wait for for for, for the houses coming down and we go, "Dang, we need to do something." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got to be more proactive. I mean, I hope this inspires people to, to to understand that for those out there who are creative, who are truly talented, and I say this all the time. I teach a masterclass and I say, go, don't waste 10 years of your life wanting to be a country artist if day one, I'm telling you, you do not have the voice for it. Yeah. You can't write a song to save your life. Find your, what is it that you're truly gifted at? But for those who are truly gifted at it, you better step up. Yeah. We, the community needs Eric, Philippa. You better write. You, I've, this is my wife, and I'm yeah. telling you, I tell her, you better write a lot. You better produce a whole lot of comics, brother, yeah. and you better surround yourself with the people that because the community desperately needs it. I mean, we, we need it because they, it's like it's like we're well, standing against an avalanche. Yeah, you know, one of my um, one of the verses uh, that's been on my heart is. It's in Second Timothy, but do not be fooled. Bad companions corrupt good morals and character. Like mm. it's that's why it's so important the friends you surround yourself Absolutely. with. Absolutely. But we're spending so much time on our phones and on entertainment. It's more than we're spending in school, really. Um, maybe than work, but definitely than church and definitely than anything. Like even our healthy relationships. Healthy relationships. We're spending more time with the entertainment in front of our faces. So yeah, it's affecting us, and we have to change those narratives because, you know. What you're watching, I don't care. You know, it is affecting you. No, it is. Yeah, I, most I, I can't help. Eric said something, and he's like, he said something about the person the creative probably has blue hair. Okay? <laughs> and, and so, does that mean I don't like people with blue hair? No, it's just, it's just ironic that that's the same class that said it's okay to burn down Portland, Oregon. Mm. Mm. Just think of it from that perspective. If you really look, it wasn't, it wasn't the baby boomers, man. It wasn't the Gen Xs. It is this weird virtue signaling yeah. class that's almost like in end very informed, overstimulated with information. Millennials and Gen Zs. No, 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 no generation in history had wow. more access to information. But I'm just telling this is me. Just randomly, without limits, giving power to that generation. I mean, there's no life experience. There's nothing to do. I mean, this is the fact. You can't yeah. 23, what life experience do you You could be Mozart. You're 23, okay? No. Sorry, I can't give you the keys to the kingdom. I mean. Yeah, nah, these dudes these days, man, like I think speaking to what it is you're talking about is the, the life experience stuff that is just, it's really scary um, because I'm a, I'm a younger guy, but like it got bad really fast. Like, cause I'm a younger guy. I was born like, you know, in the nineties and it wasn't like this when I came up, like there was still some sense of, for example, value of work. Now that is like demonized. You've got these over, I would call them overeducated university folk who, uh, young folk that think they're coming out, going to be YouTubers and, 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 TikTok stars and all of this stuff. Gonna start at a two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, they think they're gonna do all all of all of that right out the gate, and they don't even understand the concept of a grind of of actually working to get it. In fact, they've been taught to demonize it, maybe by their like socialist university. Something is wrong with work um, in that regards. Like we are in trouble, man. If if we don't like steer this ship, because you're seeing what the data is showing with a lot of these young folk. Like they're on a they're on something else, man. And if these are the people that are going to be in control of the future generations, we're, we're in trouble. But 
uh, there was a guy that I talked to uh, who actually is ironically working on former DC artist. He's, work, he's working on me with some of the stuff that we, what it is that we're doing. And he brought up a great point. His name's Gabe El Taib. And he was like, think about like all of the ancient cities, for example, that have fallen and um, that, you know, we finally years, hundreds of years later, discover something from that era that gives us more perspective on what was happening there. And he says, always art. And I was like, that's so powerful. That is that even, is correct. Even, even if it's hieroglyphics. on Yes, a wall, exactly. It's, it's art. art. It's art. That's Absolutely. what that's a reflection of that time. And it gives them more. when he said that I was doing I was actually ironically he was interviewing me and he's told me that. And I was like, wow, like it was a powerful statement. But it, it just reaffirms what it is that we've said. Like, for example, that so many folks on our side had neglected this stuff as if we didn't need it. It was trivial. Who cares what they say? They're they're not gonna. Exactly. They're not smart as us. Who who cares? And you're seeing that that stuff matters. It's impacting not just your kids, but it's impacting Brother, you, you. And you might not you even just, know it. You just painted a picture that. Can you imagine? So, so so quick story. A friend of mine bought the 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 cast of the Naked David that was in the Vatican. Now the Naked David. Michelangelo. No, no the Naked David. Sorry. The Naked David was hidden for over 400 years in the bottom of the Vatican, and they have these bronze casts that die where you cast the statues, the bust, the, you know, the, the bust of Mary, etc. Right? So he bought this, and in this crate when it arrived in Texas, he he found this this book, which was written by you know some of the original artists, and they're talking about how art is inspired and art reflects culture. Can you imagine? Can you imagine for a second if 200 years from now, 250 years from now, they dig up Batman? Or super or gay Superman, <laughs> or they dig this is up what happened to America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they'll, they'll go. Oh, this is. Yeah, oh, that's I, where we went wrong. Yeah, that's I what mean, happened. I mean, come on, man. We we got to get back to where art is is like inspirational yes. and it pulls culture up. And it, and it and it as, look for me, art was always it was an out for me. Yeah, escapism. It, isn't this? It's it's like you got to dream up. I don't know, man. I don't know how to dream up at the current Batman. I don't know what to do with yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that's what, I mean, even they changed, like, uh, Superman's, like, his slogan and all of that stuff. Like, they, they're doing that type of stuff because, again, they don't understand human beings. And these are, it's like this subversive kind of But it's of almost approach. like being progressive just for the sake of being progressive. Yeah, that's what it is. Like, they're not trying to uplift, like, sort of anybody, which is what that, I mean, great Stan Lee would talk about that all the time of how, like it was like these universal truths that if you are a human being, you it's good versus evil. Like these concepts that have existed long before we were ever here and that are going to exist in, in the future. And it kind of ins- it being inspirational in that sense. You see a character go through all of this stuff and yet they still persevere and yet they still overcome. I guess it's powerful stuff that matters. And for that young person that may or old person for that matter, that may read that they may come out of that story and go do something great out of that. And that whole art in itself has been completely lost. Going back to our original point, because these people don't have any experience. They don't have any, they don't even know what, a, again, being a human being is about. So they think, well, yeah, it's about sexuality and, uh, and, uh, I don't know, race and all of that sort of stuff, which is like superficial kind of stuff in the, in the grand scheme of what matters as a human being. So this is why it feels like when you, when you read this stuff, it feels like they're beating you over the head with it because they are. They don't. They don't know how to write anything outside of that. They literally are beating you over the head with it. Yeah. They are kind of stuck creatively, and that's why they do 
create the same things over and over again. They're trying to give it a new face. And I think it we're in a season and a time where it is time for new things. People are hungry for new Absolutely. things. They're tired. Of, and they. I do think they sense um, a lot of the manipulation in these stories. And I do think, and it's showing. It's showing in their bottom lines yeah. and how these films are doing. So I think we're in a time where it is, it's a good time to be a creative and to get your new stuff out there. And we do need those stories. Um, one of my favorite quotes is like fairy tales are important. I'm going to butcher this, but fairy tales are important to kids, not so that they know dragons exist, but so they know they can be beaten. Mm. Like we need, we need that. And it does. It inspires us. Um, we need that. Right Look, now. you know, when you watch a movie and it hits home, it really hits. Art transcends race, Absolutely. culture. Look, man, if it's a good movie and I'm sitting in South Africa and this brother's in Texas and it really hits, it's, it hits. Yeah. Whether it's grandpa or grandma, I'm watching stuff that, that is made for my kids. Yeah, It's clearly, I'm not kidding, man. This is a little show called Octonauts, okay, which you won't know, Eric, because you don't have kids. Right but this, kids is, this show, Octonauts, is a little animation show, right? And it's all about teaching kids about the ocean. And it's got, I watch that show every single day. Yeah. I know more about the ocean today than I've ever known <laughs> there before. There you go. And I catch myself <laughs> listening to, because it teaches me about, I mean, certain kinds of sharks and it's all factual, right? Yeah. It's amazing information. It transcends the age gap. It tra- if, if it's good, if it's that's good, what it does. It will transcend. Yep. There's just very little of it. But if you go back to old art, Okay, how do you argue Mozart, Bach? You may not like classical music, but you don't have your band no. without classical music because no. they started structuring music. No. Where where does the bass fit? Why is the drummer so important? When am I in the pocket and out of the pocket? How do I write write four four time three yeah. four time? Why is this important? You can't just like discard the foundation of art and go, that's okay, throw it all out. We're going to make it all about gender and race and sexuality and we're just going to create some some milquetoast character that nobody even is like resonating with. Yeah. And enforcing. Including the people that are like are black or gay or any or anything like Even that. the community they're talking the, to. Yep, the, don't even like it. The sales show that. The bottom line, gay Superman, I just said that. Like, they didn't go by. The people that they're appealing to don't even buy their work. Because that's, that's the reason... It's flat. It's mundane. It's boring. It's not. It's not any. It so lacks people, purpose. Yeah, it's not so many people that reach out to me. Like, oh man, I'm. Uh, you know, they. Oh, here's Black Superman or something lousy like like that. And it's like I didn't ask for that, but all right, uh, uh whatever. You know, you get black folk that reach out to me. Like, dude, I know they're trying to do this for us, but this is terrible. Like, we don't want this, and that's pretty much all there is. You know, for example, I have to go back to Tom Taylor because he's the one that made the gay Superman thing. The first thing that he does, he tells you why he does it. First thing, when he's doing his like, uh, what do you call it? I guess like a media tour or whatever, when he's going to tell everybody, hey, look, we have gay Superman. He's got this rainbow colored S on the chest. Like, we know why you did it. You didn't do it. That's, that's, you're telling us right there that you did it for some sort of social statement. And um, I, I had a, the great Chuck Dixon. If you know Batman back in the uh, 90s, you knew Chuck Dixon. Because Chuck Dixon wrote a lot of that stuff, particularly uh, when it came to Robin. And they before, not too long ago, I know it feels like that was a big gap. But that was like just last year when they made Tim Drake gay, uh, Robin gay. Yeah, and yeah that was probably going to happen Yeah, at well, some point. But this is the thing, like Chuck Dixon wrote Robin 
like really had a big, big and that version of him and Tim Drake, you know, there's multiple ones. And he was like, think about it. Like, did they make Robin more interesting in that? Like, no, they didn't. He was like, he's just it, gay now. It added nothing. It added absolutely nothing. It actually deterred. Yes, for sure. Because it Def- lost credibility. Yeah, definitely when you consider like Tim Drake, it had all these relationships with these these girls and some really prominent ones like spoiler and all of that stuff. And now it's just now he's just gay. Doesn't for, it? Like, it feels like a betrayal. Oh, that's what it is. It, I th- most definitely. That's exactly what it is. And it's, you know, it's funny. We talk about the customers. That's an insult to them. Huge. Like, like they no, think, whoa, whoa, wait a second. The customers made the franchise. Exactly. Right. That's an insult. Like, this is what, like, I know big, like, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's the corpos or maybe the people that are writing this right now. They think like that sort of canon aspect or that continuity aspect, nobody cares about. We do. And that is some of the most, that's what got us like in the fandoms a lot for a lot. That's what got me into like the Marvel and DC universes. It was the idea that there are this, this ever expanding world where all these characters, they may not know each other, but they all exist. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Well, I would read like a, a new mutants comic or something like that. And it's in like New York, it's snowing in New York, you know what I mean? Or whatever. And then uh, Ethan uh, Van Skyver brought up this point as well back when he was reading them. It's like it would say, hey, you want to know why it's snowing in, in New York in, in, in July? Go read this other book. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. This type of stuff matters to guys that are, that are actually customers of this. It might not matter to them as creators. To them, it seems like canon and continuity stuff doesn't like it's a it gets in the way of them telling their stories. I, I do have a huge problem with the continuity stuff. And like we've talked a lot about, um, I think, X-Men or, and, and continuity. Yeah. I love Dr- X-Men. It, yeah. yeah, but it drives me nuts. That's but, one of the things with X-Men that really pisses me the most. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah. I just can't be an the X-Men guy. And, yeah. My kids love well, X-Men, but I just... The, I, the I just comics can't. and the TV series. I mean, there's a couple movies that I do really like. But, but con- I mean, I work on, on films and continuity especially in a single film it matters it it'll throw you off yeah um but as a writer too i'm like i can't like this is what i've already established i can't change that and yeah. i teach you an act that in acting too it's like like when in improv when somebody else has said something you have to go with it whether or not you like it or you agree with it you have to keep going with it um and i know they have different ways that they can try and go around that in timelines or yeah. whatever but it but i think it when you bring it your story but, but when you bring it that into series though when you start having these series that transcend generations, right? When you think Star Trek, Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. And argue whether you're Star Trek or Star Wars guy. When you start talking, but do you want to talk about Tolkien and Lewis? Mm. The way these guys write. My faves. Yeah. If you just want to talk about the authenticity down to the flip of a coin, how they go, what am I going to write? What are you going to write? Just dive into that a little bit real quick. The authenticity of writing and how these guys wrote from a true place. Yeah. Well, I, I don't. I only think we can create out of who we are and what we know. And so Tolkien and Lewis were, were best, were, they were really good friends. And Catholic, um, Protestant, love Jesus. Yeah, they, they flipped a coin to do Lord of the Rings, uh, to do a time story versus a space story. And so it was Lewis, time or space. Yes. Flip of the coin. Who gets time? Who gets space? Well, time okay. is Lord of the Rings. So Tolkien got Lord of the Rings. And that is such an amazing filled out world. I cannot like he created his own language. Like the amount yep. of work that he put into that is incredible. Wow. And, and then Lewis. Yeah. C.S. Lewis, his stuff. Wow. I mean, even and even Narnia, his stuff is it's so deep, um, so deep. And yeah, he did the space trilogy out of the silent planet, which is also really a mind bender and really fascinating and really cool. 
Um, but yeah, the, those are some of some greats <laughs> to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but we we're gonna we need more of that. Yeah. You know, we can't just go well once upon a time. Well, and yeah, there was good writing. That's but, what I say all the time about like this Renaissance era that hopefully we enter in, like that people have that kind of mindset. Um, and you know, you talk about them. This is you know, it's funny. Everybody right now is going ham like this. What's going on with Lord of the Rings and Amazon and they're <laughs> destroying it and all of that. And no. that's what ends up happening. I know it sucked for a lot of people, but like you have tokens, tokens vision. And, you know, these writers have said, screw that. Yeah. I don't want anything. I was to mad do at them making a Hobbit. For yeah. Like they're like, I don't, we don't care what it is. It's not about having an adaptation again. And it goes back to the insult to the customer. How do you tell someone that has bought all of these books and invested into your lore and invested into your universe that now all of a sudden none of that stuff matters? It's and this and this is what what Marvel and DC have done to guys like myself, where they say, okay, we know that Marvel, one of the most prominent, in the, people might not know who he who he was, but he he was Marvel's, for example, first. Uh, uh, graphic novel like the death of Captain Marvel. It was a huge deal when it when it when it came out, and the fact that he had died of cancer that resonated with a lot of people that yeah. came uh, yeah. during that era in the, in, in the eighties and stuff. That was huge. And then we get the Captain Marvel movie, and of course it's Carol Danvers. Now all of a sudden she's Captain Marvel, and then they have nerve to bring Marvel in, and Marvel's a woman, yeah. and it's like. What? Like again, how again it's insulting it to is. your customer base. There's guys that have mounds upon mounds of long boxes with this material. Now you want to adapt it, and it couldn't be anything further from it. It's insulting to your but, customer. But I must and, I must believe it's by it's on purpose though. But mm. there's a reason it worked too. And I feel like we're even doing this with religion now. Like it's we have we have this need. Well, I think we have two problems. We have this problem now where we have this need to have entertainment all the time. So where Tolkien and Lewis might have taken a lot longer to create things, um, now it's like, no, you need to get your next book out in in a month. Yeah. Um, you need to get your next film out within you know a year is you know yeah. about right. So we have this you know need for entertainment all the time. So I think that hurts our us creatively. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're just throwing out stuff um, that may not be as refined and you know as creative as it could be. It's just formulaic. Yeah. Um, but you also have this push culturally to progress things. It's it's not enough anymore. And they're doing it in religions. They're doing it in school. Um, it's, yeah, that progressive. Yeah, it permeates so. culture. It's in school curriculum. But there's a reason but, it but, works from the beginning. Yeah. Like, why are we trying to hey, change Hey, listen, these things? guys built fandom. They yeah. built followers. It worked. Yep. Why mess with this stuff? Yep. Why, I mean, we don't need to just be for the sake of time mess with this stuff. You're talking about formula. Can you dive into real just quick about... Hollywood formula in screenplay writing and and, and I because as a director I will tell you I can't stand it I can't stand that someone goes listen there's a formula and by minute seven this has to happen on the page and minute 12 and I go no you do that when you can't write write better (laughs) hook the people write something more interesting get a more interesting character going somehow connect with people for the same reason I'm completely frustrated that they've just decided that nobody wants to watch a drama. Nonsense. Absolutely not. You write an amazing character. You go watch The Notebook or you watch something. If it doesn't move you, you're probably dead. You're not alive, right? It's going to move you. I mean, so people do want dramas. Otherwise, women would not read, number one, read romantic novels, okay? Number but those one. Those are read. a little formulaic now. Philippa, but still, yeah, they but want it it's drama, yeah, though. Yeah. So just to say that. 
no more dramas in film. It's yeah. only action. Come on. I can't I can't accept that. Well, I think that's why films like Juno do so well, because that was so different. Yeah. Um, so different. But yeah, they're and I feel bad for the Mar- Marvel screenplay writers. They are really stuck to a formula where you have to have so many jokes per page. You have to introduce all the other universes, like future concepts within the script. Um, it their stuff is really formulaic. So if you it have kills it, creativity. It man. does. One hundred percent. It does, and that's why I like Nolan's stuff better than a lot of the Marvel movies. I mean, I do love Iron Man, um, and I do love some of them. They're entertaining. They're really entertaining. Um, but but again, as far only as the first one story, yeah. Honestly, Iron Man one. Okay, great, amazing concept, and then they mess with it again. They they get a hit and then for me just is, they no come they do and, the same thing over and over again. no That's no but it's not it's not the same <laughs> well man. It's, in, it's as like far as formula down. and I know it's hard the sequel is always so hard it is but when it's done right it can't it like the can Dark Knight it can live sorry forever. I am a Nolan fan <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I like I mean look it's 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 something that works I think uh, now they're kind of trying to appeal to um, again. They have something that they built up, even though they didn't build, seem to build this universe or whatever in the MCU. They didn't seem to build that up by catering to this weird audience, but they're hell bent on now catering to them as well. And I think, again, their bottom line is starting to reflect it. Be refl- even with like, like that was a Sony for the most part project with the Spider Man stuff. Yeah. I think it was like 25% Disney, and the other went to uh, uh, Sony uh, or whatever. But yeah, like these guys it's it it's like i think this idea of tradition where you know something works i think we see this kind of top to bottom culturally in every industry and every not just sub, entertainment, not just entertainment yeah. where this idea that there was something that 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 has been a proven thing or theme for success people that are coming in now have such an issue with it. It's almost like they're sour at the fact that this does work. Why do you think that is? That's it's hard to decide that because, you know, even like with the like whether it be nuclear family and stuff like they 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 despise that that idea. I mean, even now you got these activists that are conflating these issues where, you know, you look at Black Lives Matter, the organization somehow Caring about black men dying turned into now wanting to fight the hetero patriarchal bullcrap because now, you know, they don't want they don't like the idea of a nuclear family. I think they just, you know, want to get political with it. I think that that kind of stems from the Marxism that has influenced all of these industries where they're that's their idea is to infiltrate and subvert and take over. Uh, And in order to do that, you have to kind of destroy what already exists, no matter if it's a proven method for. Um, success. I saw this video this morning where, where an individual goes on, I think it was an Instagram reel, and says, you know, being a heterosexual male is is, is not a is not a sexual choice. It doesn't exist. I go, wait, what? There's a lot of wait, what? Okay, so all of a sudden now, if you're monogamous or you're a one man, one woman guy, or you're just a guy who's just married to to a woman, who who's who's what I consider a woman. Now all of a sudden you don't exist. It's it's, it's bizarre. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's like a how did we It's get like there. a mental illness. Um, I, for um, me, I mean, I can't make sense of it, honestly. You but know, I, 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 think <laughs> I think you're hitting on something. You're hitting on a lot of things. I want to I want to talk about, but um, there's like this hate. There is like this hate for for traditional values for like traditional family. Like what things have been. Is it just a rebellion thing? Because I know like 
I know teenagers and young adults, that is a that's a typical thing, you know, people kind of go through. It's just well, rebellion is one thing, but setting the world on fire, that's kind of bang. <laughs> like, I mean, like, that's what like, is happening? yeah, yeah, I think that's again, it's these guys have their own individual agenda, you know, like just to bring it back, for example, with me being like, uh, you know, kind of libertarian in this sense, it's the same thing. It's like, why do you think the state had did all that it had done to try to or people utilize that? To try to basically destroy the family. It's because it's the last line of defense against yeah. them. Mm. And if if they destroy that, they know there's nothing else left. You know what I mean? And these people have their own individual agendas and this kind of world that they want it to, it to be. And they can't install that or rather instill that in its people unless they destroy what has existed. And they're, they're, they're somewhat successful in some regards. I do think we're about to see a renaissance of people that are going to be fighting against that because people are becoming more aware than they ever had before. I think this whole this era of kumbaya, uh, we don't have to pay attention to anything. I don't care what I will give my money to people that would then turn around and tell me how much I suck. I think people are now starting to realize, like, maybe that's not the move in, in, anymore. Yeah. Like, maybe yeah. I like if me of all people. If I can say to my local comic book shop, stop my pull list, I'm done. If I can do that with Marvel and DC, I mean, a guy with mountains of long boxes can do that with Marvel and DC. I think anybody can do that with anything it is yeah, exactly. that they're that they're attached to. Whether it is, whether it is Does, whatever, it is. whatever, it doesn't matter what it yeah. what it is. It can be done now more than ever. And going to your point where, you know, it's a it's a great time to be a creative. Now, more than ever, we have the ability to be able to kind of present this to, yeah. to people. It's an opportunity. Right. Because back in the gap. That's yeah, a silver lining. Right. Back in the gap, I use this with music all the time. The industry is still trying to figure out what constitutes as a gold record or something like that because of streams and all that. Yeah. Like they, they still haven't caught up with what technology has been able to do this industry. So that in itself and the technological advancements have allowed people to cut out the middleman with a lot of stuff and yeah. have a direct line of Absolute, sight with their which audience, is healthy. which is healthy. Very it's healthy. awesome. And, it, and it's necessary Super. if we're going to uh, if we're going to win back in the gap. Yeah, you maybe had to go through a label and do all this stuff. Now I can post my stuff on my own it website. It breaks the chokehold. Yep. And, and honestly, and what I want to get to is and Philip, I want to get your thoughts. Sorry, I interrupted you before, but the money. It gets the money to the creator. It gets the money to it's the so creative. Important. It gets the money to the ideator, the person that came up with the idea, because it's about time they get paid. Yes. Gone's the day where an artist gets paid six cents on a dollar for a stream, maybe 16 cents if your name's Taylor Swift. And even those, <laughs> even those who don't agree with me politically, Taylor Swift and I don't agree on three things, maybe, okay? <laughs> but we agree on this. It is time for the robbery to stop. Not only do they choke it in distribution, but then they rob them blind. They rob the creatives blind. And, it, and so here comes the opportunity in this crazy world. Now we see a light. We see a gap. You saw a gap. It's time. Now it's time for me. Because five years ago, you launched your comic. Probably timing was your, your right. comic book series. Probably timing wasn't right, right as it is now. I mean, so, so at the end of the day, it's going to hurt them financially. And whether they turn back or just let it fall let it fall that's <laughs> I, all good with me yeah. i do that's really really important what you guys are hitting on because that is crucial in where we're going is taking taking out the power of the distributors that have kind of had that chokehold and i think music is one of those areas um literature uh, books you can do that yeah. too 
But I haven't seen it happen yet in film and TV where you can just, you know. Because, because that stronghold. Look, I'll tell you, iTunes stronghold, it's a chokehold, man. Yeah. It choked. I mean, because people signed these deals, the 25-year deals, yeah. and, and they, they can't move and pivot. But in a way, I'll say this to you. It's also our opportunity now because a big corporation that isn't a huge deal with iTunes, they can't just turn that ship around. Even if they wanted to. They got to go down with it. <laughs> Iceberg. It's like the Titanic. They, they can't because it's in this perpetual renewable agreement yeah. between them. So what does that do now? It allows for the alternatives to rise up. It, it is. And, and, and uh, that's a beautiful thing uh, to your point because, yeah, we might not even – it may be something that hits next year that we may not even envision. You know what I mean? That's the cool part about all of this where creative steps up and comes up with some idea. And now we're like, oh, wait, yeah, we can we can go uh, sort of sort of do this. I mean, we've seen, you know, you talk about artists not being paid. I mean, we know Marvel and DC hasn't had the best track record of doing that for creatives that have been able to do a lot of things. And even with the last like couple of years, we've seen guys in our space that are former DC guys say, all right, you got me because like, for example, my man's Ethan Van Skyver was Trump supporter, got outed. Bam. They kicked him basically out, makes a million dollars plus on his cyber frog book by just crowdfunding it. He don't have to go through. He's made more money now than he would. He ever made making making comic books for Marvel and DC. Yep. And he has creative freedom. (laughs) Same thing happens. Excuse me. With with uh, the guys who I have brought on, I poached them from Marvel and DC. Like, why you got to work? You don't have to work for a hack. I'm going to number one, pay you better. Um, and you're not going to feel disgusting having, I don't know, colored gay Superman or something like that. You can now go do something that you can actually be proud of. That was stuff we didn't necessarily have access to before. And even that part is developed because a lot of folks have said, you know what, we'll use this kind of um, uh, Indiegogo model. I've said, for example, why do that? Why can I not just have my own developers build our own store? And have y'all purchase it there and even have some maybe similar perks and those types of ideas that people have come to expect from that. So there are this stuff that's happening right now in the creative sense that, yeah, they may still have like a chokehold on certain parts of the industry. But it's going to be interesting to see how long that that lasts. Are they losing grip? Yeah. At, at, at grip, minimum, the, we can admit the, that. The grip is slipping, right? Yeah. That, 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 that chokehold is loosening. And I'll, and I'll say this. I want to get your, your take on this, Philippa. Ultimately, for us, the way the reason we produce content is we want to positively impact culture. So when we produce a movie, I will not direct a film if I can't absolutely see this is going to change someone's life. There you go. Okay, this is going to get a kid who's contemplating suicide today to get some sort of a hope. And you often say this, and I know you don't like it when I mention this, but I also always ask you, who's Uh-oh. your favorite character? Ouch. You know, and 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 then, and then you come up and you go Kylo Ren, and I go. Okay, not Luke or not Ray. Why Kylo Ren? In and Philip goes, he's the most redeemable. You know, he's and the I, most in, he, I mean, in the new, the new sequel, yeah. he's Trilogy, the yeah. only one that's interesting. I'm sorry, but but but, it, but you're not afraid of writing the darker characters and writing true. But, earlier, you said writing true redemption art, writing yeah. true humanity. Just write it for what it is. Like, I mean, it's a, because I also feel like sometimes, particularly out of the faith industry. Now they're writing characters that are perfect. Yes, Mary Sue, and, and they put a and they put a bow Speaking around. Speaking of uh, Star Wars, Ray uh, right? Skywalker—that's what yeah. she was. Yeah, come on. And I'm like, that's not life either. Right. I don't want that either. 
I want truth. I mean, give me life. Give, give me, me the characters that are hurting. Like absolutely. Like that's what I want. And I want to show wanna, me redemption. I want to see failure. the choices they make. Yeah. Um. I want to see the arc. I want to see the choices they make. I want characters are hurting because inside, like I hurt too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, and that's why you connect. Like people connected with the character that died from cancer and no. the characters that didn't have a father figure. Like it's, um, it's real. Um, and we need that stuff. So. Yeah, but you write—I mean, you write on some some heavy characters. I mean, you, well, you, you've it, written you've you know, written on a lot of true stories I, too. I joke you... about some. At some point, I'm going to write something fun and happy, but <laughs> I don't know that it's really in me. Like I I feel so deeply, and um, so my I mean, not everything's like Eight Days, which is you know the trafficking story inspired by real life stories all across the U.S. Um, but you know, we're doing another story that has a lot of heavy stuff in it it's got drug abuse like parents that are uh, there's trafficking in there too but um, but you wrote you write, wrote on rachel Joy scott's story yes. you know, first I, american martyr columbine shooting Columbine shooting i read all their journals like and i read eric and dylan's journals too and it was a heavy woo. period in my house man, <laughs> man i can imagine no dude I'm, i would get home and philippa would sit crying and i go what are you doing i just read rachel's diary I just read, you know, of Dylan and, and and I love Rachel and I love her mother. But it was so interesting. There was so many times where people could have intervened, like in those boys' lives. And you know, I think there's stuff that happened um, in their lives that you know isn't out there yet. Um, but they actually had similar hero and villain things. Like, and I, I've heard too that heroes and villains they both have. They both have hurt. They both have wounds. But it's what do you do with it? Right, right. Do you use it to help others, which is what Rachel did? Or do you use it to become the villain and hurt others? And that's what Eric and Dylan did. But, like, we need that. And I, I like, you know, in that confined time we have to speak to people. The two hours um, or the comic or the book, book and how yeah. many pages ever. Yeah. Like, you kind of, it gets more dramatic. <laughs> you know, you can't do a whole person's life. It's like yeah. you're condensing it into the moments that matter or that mean something. So it is a little more intense like that. Um, but uh. Your writing process, Eric. Mm-hmm. And, and now this is interesting too because your writing process when you introduce pieces, the new show, right? It's brand new. So it's not like it's season two. You're introducing characters. You're introducing a new universe. Yeah. You're busy introducing a new princess universe. You know, you know, so that's, that's tough, man. It it's is. not just tough enough to write the story but you're literally creating yeah people. like you can't like like you know it's different for me to mar- go work for marvel or dc and go have a character that has decades of history, history. and then go expand yeah. upon that no this is like creating it from the ground up and it was a ch- it was somewhat of a challenge because you know with me and my aspirations i think it would have been a lot easier had i my aspirations had ever been a, to be a one-off, but that was, those were never my aspirations. Like if I'm going to compete with these guys, I got to have expanses. It's got to last. So I started building a, uh, like a, a universe bobble or what some people would consider like more of a series bobble. And I documented everything, uh, giving all these characters backstories and all that. This is before, for the most part, I'd even wrote the story. Um, and I was doing all of that because I knew this was something that it needed to, it needed to work and make sense. And for us, it was like, well, this first book, for example, is launching the entire universe. Correct. And even though it may be this one character's like book per se, it's launching the universe. So that obviously, I got to come up with other guys so that are going to be to cover. You're right. It's, it's a big and I and I did it in a hundred pages, and I felt really, really good about what what I was able to come up with. But that was a challenge. 
That was, yeah, not, that was not a difficult uh, thing. Because you can't go back. Yeah. No, it, that's what that's what comics are about. It's a it's canon. So what I put, came up with is what I came exactly, up with. Exactly, no, right? Ain't no erasing it. In fact, that's part of our ethics. Or like, at least you're not supposed to. Yeah, well, that's the that idea. Like Because what, what I despised about where Marvel and DC went, when they definitely DC, when they started in, going into time travel and all this, so now the universe is different and all that. I'm not doing any of that. In fact, it's part of our ethics of our company that yeah. we stay away from that because I want, if you own a book, you own a piece of history. You know what I mean? That book is, it's not going to get, I like to use a retcon more in a traditional sense. Like retcon now means just change everything. Yeah. Well, I, I think of it as like, okay, you introduce something to the story that maybe gives people more perspective on what's happening. That's the only time I would rather use retcon. I don't want to just be changing stuff mm-hmm. and having the world blow up. And now it's a different universe. And I'll, I don't want to do any, any of that stuff. And that stuff, again, that I know resonates with people that are really intrigued by like books and all of that. This is think this is what happened with Star Wars. And they kind of lost sight of that, where a lot of folks care about that little stuff. You know what I mean? When Kathleen Kennedy came out and she was like, well, we don't have no we don't have source material that made a lot of Star Wars people mad that have read the expanded universe and all of that stuff that came. But they were like, what do you mean? Like. (laughs) This stuff yeah, exactly. existed. Like exactly. you can't just say that it's not there anymore. But isn't that isn't that indicative though of where we are at culture? Let's just get away from entertainment for a second. They're rewriting history. Oh, that's true. In life, Amberland's so, so, black now. So, 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 so I would <laughs> like. So I would like understand if they they are flippant about entertainment in history in series like you know historical. They just don't series. Care. Yeah. No, they're just rewriting our nation's history. Uh-huh. They just didn't happen. And I say this about history. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent. Let it be. Mm-hmm. If it was bad, it is. You teach it and we learn from it. But yeah. you can't go erase it. Or if you don't like what it was, and that's what well, I'm feeling is happening. Those from history are destined to repeat it. And oh, oh that's a fact. But I almost feel like there's some of the, of the creatives that have not invested the In time <laughs> into these series and now they wake up one morning from ucla and all of a sudden i'm now a writer on marvel and you know what forget about this character yeah. they've but, never read anything look this is one of my biggest that's what i mean with the, the age issue. yeah it's these the guys history there. you can tell like um ta-nehisi coates who ended up for those of you that remember that big thing that happened with uh with jordan peterson that ended up in like he yep. was red school basically. Oh, yeah, yep. that, that happened. That was wrote by that guy, Tanahisi Coates. Okay. Tanahisi Coates, there is zero evidence that out, trust me, I wouldn't try to dig it all up. That he ever was even a fan of comic books Stop. at all. At all. Wow. Out of nowhere. You see, this he is just, my point. He just pops up. And not just only is he, he writing like <laughs> what not only is he writing Captain uh America, one of the most prominent Marvel heroes, he writes Black Panther as well. And it's no. like what and he writes is this intergalactic Wakanda book that he was terrible that he that he wrote and it showed he doesn't understand this character. See, you just made my point, wow. I, and I'm thinking that's a big part of the problem here. That's wow. what I meant earlier. With yeah, that makes sense. We, we, look, I just always I break things down in football because that became my life, professional sport, right? Well, here's the deal: you've got a team full of rookies. Good luck. You better have some <laughs> veterans on that line that yeah. says, "Listen, son, you do that, you're gonna get killed." You do that, we're gonna go uh, you know, two and two and fourteen this <laughs> season, right? 
We have abandoned mm. the fathers of the art almost. And those who are not even alive anymore, but their work is alive. It lives on through them. We've abandoned that kind of stuff, you know, and, and just said, you know, forget about that. That's so interesting. But it worked. doesn't matter. I, I'm coming in with something new. I own this now. And I go, that is reckless. I mean, it's, it, and that's why I think the quality is so poor. I, I, it's, I agree. It, it's terrible. It's so interesting. And this is a real rabbit trail, but I've been thinking a lot about family. I think. Our cultural war right now is entertainment, education, and family. Yeah. Like those are the key points where we've got to really focus or we're losing. Um, but I've been thinking a lot about family and just what you're talking about with this young generation that really hates our history yeah. and really hates the family. Um, but my parents' generation, they're not, I don't know. It's like we, I feel like my generation the millennials tend to be more spoiled, right? But it's like we're, we're encountering this thing where the grandparents, my friends that have kids, the grandparents are too busy to interact with the grandkids or to watch the grandkids. Um, and I'm seeing that a lot. Like, and they're close. There's, it's just the grandparents are choosing to do other things versus spending time with the grandkids. So like I'm wondering if that's happening in the workplace too. Like I'm seeing this divide a little bit. Yeah. Like oh, you're where meaning that older there's not generation, a passing of the torch. There's not an actual like, apprenticeship. Like a they're training. Kind of, yeah, there's no training. Okay. And it's kind of like they're abandoning the younger generation, maybe mm. because the younger generation is rebelling and they don't want to be a part of it or, or interact or they don't like conflict. I don't know. But it's something I'm noticing and I'm seeing is um there's a gap. There's something. There's a gap there. That's a good point. I mean, like, even like with with Stan Lee, you know, when he was alive, like, it didn't seem like people were that were writing current books were going to him for advice per se on how to approach maybe a character that he came up with. It was more of all oh, his Stan Lee's cameo. You know, he created all these timeless characters. That's so wrong. And here he is. Because when you listen to Stanley, for example, talk about this stuff, these guys are doing the complete opposite. Like there's one uh, like uh, he when his later years when he was I can't remember if it was what channel it was that interviewed him. And he was specifically talking about social issues. I share this video all the time where he was saying that, you know, I put social issues underlaying the plot. You know what I mean? I never wanted to feel he specifically stated I never wanted to have the audience feel like I was beating them over the head. Pushing the social. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he yeah. never he never wanted I mean, to do shouldn't. that. <laughs> and, and that's the, exactly that's the point. Well, now these guys do literally the opposite it's of front that. And center. It's front and center. It's not. It's they'll put not, it in the trailer. It's not subtle. They'll put it in the <laughs> yeah, trailer. They'll put it in the trailer. They'll beat you over the head. They don't even understand that aspect and maybe to your point some of that has happened where you have that disconnect between people that had done it it had worked it had caught on and then the people that are now coming in are either whether it's neglect or uh afraid of confrontation afraid of disagreement whatever it is the conversation isn't happening it's yeah, more so it's and not. what we see right now i think is just a result of that yeah it's, it's okay real quick a couple questions for you favorite fa favorite comic Ever. Ever. Oh, well, that's difficult. That's really Top hard. five. Top five. <laughs> oh, nah. I mean, I will say this. Um, I, I'll actually answer the question on ever. So in there was, this is uh, going into the mid 80s. Uh, DC did a arc, which they had just did a rendition of, which was terrible, 
uh, in the Arrowverse. And that was the crisis on infinite earth. And what that event was, it was, it was a whole lot happening during that era in the books and out of the books. And it was one of the few times that you won't ever see this where the company made a mistake and the company said, we're going to we're, DC said, we're going to fix it in the likes of, of, of what we know our audience wants. And this is the thing that I loved about it. So the, what the crisis on infinite earths did. So before up until then, you knew that DC went insane with the different amounts of characters that they had that had basically the same thing. Like, so there was Earth One Superman, Earth Two Superman, and then there was this timeline version of them and all of this stuff. Yeah. They said, you know what? Now it's convoluted. People don't understand what the heck is going Where on. Where are we? Where, yeah. They don't know. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to have an, a, a world, uh, uh, well, a, an event that happens. And out of that, it basically condensed the entire world where there was only one timeline. I thought it was a beautiful thing. And out of that, BDC probably started producing his best work. Now, unfortunately, they went back on that. But what that was and what that showed me was an example is the humility that the company had, not only back then, but also they they showed that there was something about what it is that they did that we really as customers and people in that time really cared about and I still cared about. And that was what we had been discussing. That was canon. And that was what was what was considered kind of the continuity of it all. And that's why I love the crisis on on Infinite Earths uh, uh, so much, because there was so much that happened in the story itself. But what that story meant for what that company yeah. was doing yeah. was just as important. Well, it was more than just a story. It was that that from what I understand is they could read the audience. Yeah. They paid attention to the audience. <laughs> Okay, so let's just look at what we said today. That's what's lacking. They're not reading the audience. The audience is saying, you're going to go from number six to number 46 <laughs> yeah. or whatever it was. Okay, yeah. and, and and trust me, they'll probably continue down. Yeah, they're, still, they're, yeah that's they're going to double down. We've yeah. seen that. Yes. Okay, They're yeah. doubling down on this stuff. And, and ultimately, it is. That's why I say the customer is, customer is right. You've got to listen to the audience. and Because the audience, in a way, they make it. They yeah. built the brand. If it's a franchise, it's built by the audience. Yeah. The audience builds franchise. If it you doesn't make fr- money, you're not going to keep making it. it- you would think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I well, would. I would yeah. Well, it's now they're tied to mega corporate entities, so they can get away with taking well, a deal. Well, but here's for, the deal. Right no, now. To your yeah. point, here's the deal. Okay, let's just talk about this real quick. AT&T. AT&T's number one driver is telecommunications. Mm. It's fiber. It's fiber. Okay, so, oh, uh, we lost, you know, $40, $40 million last month in entertainment. But we're using that to drive our social oh, agenda. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. made it up over here with telecom. I mean, so and that's the danger right yeah. now. Is that, that they, is they, dangerous. They, the creative entity has a parent company yep. that's called Disney. Sony. That's called Sony that sells televisions and microchips. <laughs> and so the entertainment entity here may lose money, but it's got to lose a lot of money. Yeah. Before it's going to hurt the parents. Disney's had this model for a while. I mean, Disney will lay a dud in like five movies if they have to. And then they'll have one that just knocks it out the absolute ballpark. And now, you know, that's funding the next couple of Well, uh, if the theory is projects. one in ten. The theory is one yeah. in ten in Hollywood. It's it, Nine can lose as long as one wins. And that's why they love the explosive, you know, action <laughs> yeah, films. Action because it draws people. Philippa, your money. favorite. Favorite comic? Do you have a favorite comic? Um. 
see, I, I didn't. You're so well studied. Like, <laughs> I love it. Like, and that's what it takes to be a professional and to know your art is like you have to do all the research and all the time. And like, it's the equivalent much- of you studying, you know, you know, character development in a feature film. And for me, studying like I go into, you know, for instance, if I could talk for a second when it comes to directing. I went and, and literally just because this was my heart, we hung a bed sheet, a white bed sheet in an era that's a digital era. And we rolled eight millimeter film. And mm-hmm. I would watch Ingmar Bergman's directing style in black and white, okay. right? <laughs> Thousands <laughs> of hours, right? Yeah. Silent movies. I watched at one point 200 silent movies in one year, silent movies, because for me it was such like what makes the actor excellent? Because even lines for me as a director, it's a crutch. Mm-hmm. Lines are a crutch and props are a crutch. Let's just break it in. And so that's, I can talk for days, but I wanted to engage in this comic world it's not my world, right? And it's really and not because it's my so world. intriguing. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm like, I read a ton of books. Like, yeah. I am, I read a lot, and I do watch a lot of films and stuff. But like, that's and then I just love people and understanding and do a lot of psychological Character, stuff. Yeah. Um, but that's 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 why what I like about comics is when they incorporate the story yeah. and the heart. Yeah. And um, and I'm also an artist a little bit. Very quick question before we go, and I can go for days with you, right? And, and we'll do- <laughs> How influential is the gaming community oh, currently <laughs> on comics or comics on the gaming community? Do you see a correlation? Yeah, uh, people need to understand this. And I, I, I still don't think libertarians and a lot of uh, like definitely older conservatives understand this. Gaming has eclipsed virtually every industry in this country. Absolutely. You need to understand that. Even every- by a monetary standpoint. I mean, it's it, top to bottom. This goes, people have replaced virtually, definitely these younger folk. But not just them people that are my age that, that, you know, we was the first kind of generation of people that were we our whole life. It was it was, you know, my first. Well, your generation. Yeah. started having world championships. Right. In gaming. Right. Pro- professional gaming. Exactly. I mean, come on. You know that what I mean? Never existed. Before. Right. Exactly. So it is the industry in entertainment. Like uh, so people need to pay more attention to it. You know, I'm obviously a gamer. People see me game on, on Twitch and stuff like that. I would love to at some point enter in that space. If Lord willing, the com- the comic company blows Take some up, of it and turn it into turn a, it yeah, into yeah. our own gaming studio. I would love to do that because that almost resonates just as much. A lot of what we get out of reading and stuff is the same thing that we get from gaming or, or like the thought exercises of RPGs and all that stuff. Like this is a real thing, and people better start paying attention. No matter if you think it, people well, are wasting their time no, or whatever, you better start I paying attention you, to that. Gaming, as big as it is, its influence I deal with heavily. Particularly when it comes to the live gaming rooms, mm. where there's live chat, and, yeah. and, and now all of a sudden, well, you're 12 years old and you're playing a game with a 44. I mean, yeah. it's weird. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's a danger zone too. It's really impactful. Yeah. Grooming, it's super impactful. yeah, can yeah. grooming can happen on any social app, anything with a chat, and yeah, that happens too. Um, but yeah, entering into that world. Becoming the characters. I hope your your comics get to. No, bro. We we want to support it. And look, we produce, and maybe one day in the future, we can write together and direct and on a on a film that's inspired by your inspired by your. You know, I look at you know I looked at so Black Panther. I just want to touch on Black Panther real quick before we go. Being South African, it depicts a lot of Africa components, right? It's a different part of it. 
it's a it, it is, but you gotta <laughs> then go to my African brothers and ask them how did you receive this and kind of Wakanda and there's, there's a lot now. You gotta when you what, get into tribalism, what's even the, the dances, the how they dance. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a certain tribe oh, that yeah, go, for sure. that's our dance, but our dance would never go with. with and I heard this all the time with that outfit. And yeah, so, yeah. You know, and so the, it's tricky, man. It, it gets interesting. Just your thoughts briefly on on Black Panther. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Black Panther is an interesting thing because I I knew that they were when they created that movie or it was announced. You know, this is probably at the time uh, this is Marvel's biggest, most notable kind of uh, black superhero. Yeah. Right. This is their uh, moment. Yeah, yeah. So they when they were implementing, I knew he was on the way when I knew they, they was going to keep expanding this universe. I was like, he's on the way. He's coming. Yeah. How are they going to end up pulling it off now? You know, I didn't like the route like that. They went kind of with Michael B. Jordan and uh, him being killed. That wasn't Killmonger. I don't know who, the, who in the world he was, but he wasn't Killmonger. And it also, you know, you still got people to this day that still think like Michael B. Jordan's character and Killmonger wasn't a villain despite him, I don't know, killing his girlfriend and doing all kinds of criminal stuff in there. Uh, I did not like the blurred line, certainly in, in that regards. But there's still so much that they could have done uh, that I thought that they were going to do in terms of the route that they went that I, I'm not as more. I'm not going to bore everybody with the freaking details because I've talked about this extensively on on, uh, on my channel. I think Chad did a decent job of depicting the character per se, rest in peace, um, yeah. to yeah. And I don't know what direction that they're going to go, uh, certainly into the into the future. But, yeah, like you mentioned, you know, you're depicting like, you know, this ain't this ain't he's not an African. Uh, I mean, not an American character. He's no. African. He's like, an African. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's an African character. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of them. representing that one character, just so people know, is representing a continent. Yes. That's not two countries like North America. It's 40 plus countries. Yeah. And it's an enormous amount of tribes, 14 tribes in South Africa alone. I mean, there's a lot of nuance. Yeah, a lot. Tons of history. I mean, you're going to tackle that project. You better dive into some yeah. some history and get it right. Yeah, yeah. Because you have to do that. You know, because you don't get those moments often. How often do you get to launch a character in Marvel from Africa? Yeah. I mean, that that's why it was supposed to be such a, like, such a big moment Epic. Um, uh, because of that. And I thought, you know, I think, look, African has, and you know this better than everybody. I know um, this is why I despise the fact that they have like these blackest guardians, which are made based on Norse mythology. That doesn't make any sense that Tessa Thompson <laughs> plays Valkyrie. That literally is ahistorical. But Africa has its own set of like folklore and uh, mythology and stuff that has almost been not even touched. It's a universe. Yeah, it has. That even we need to dive in. There's a universe. I, I got some stuff for people or with the Riververse stuff that um, will be I entertaining. So. That I that hasn't so. even been touched on. We don't have to keep going uh, down this new material. Yeah, and it's rich. Yes. it's rich. It's a whole continent. I yeah. mean, even just Shaka Zulu for crying. Yeah, out. exactly. You dive into that guy's history and his father's history, right? I mean, in King Goodwill, I mean, this is epic. Yeah. The battles that was fought in reality. Yeah. There's real life stuff. You don't even have to be super creative. Yeah. You can true. just go. Just like what they did with Thor. Thor. That's on. all Norse mythology. Of course. There's, there's literally. The Greeks. Yes, exactly. There's there's plenty of African uh, folklore mythology that, that is just as there epic. For the taking. Yep. That, yeah. that unfortunately a lot of people haven't expanded upon. I'm certainly going to take advantage of no, that. Oh, yeah, for sure. We are too. We got a series called We Are Brothers. It's going to go in there and, and we're it's epic. Philippa, uh, last words, thoughts before I tell people where they can get this new comic series that's coming out. I. It's time for new creatives and new avenues of distribution. And we've got to support 
these new creatives and yeah. these these storylines that um, do help people yes. and are like uplifting and not just progressive. And just truth. Yeah, truth, truth, and honor and like let's yeah. It's going to be good to see something <laughs> that has anything r- remotely related to a comic series that's not politically slanted for the oh, sake man. of it. Just, this is not an infomercial. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. I think a lot of people got it twisted uh, thinking that I was going to do that. Like, oh, it was going to be anarcho-capitalism, the comics. <laughs> and I was like, no. nah, dude. Like that You're completely the crap. Yes, that, that defeats the purpose of what it is that I'm doing here or why but I'm doing it. Happen, I just though. Be, Sometimes they swing the pendulum. Yeah, all the, yeah, that's, yeah not that's, not what I'm, that's not what I'm trying yeah, to do yeah. here. Yeah, you may know where I'm at. And yeah, people that know me will be able to pick up on some of that stuff but i'm not trying to beat you over the head certainly with those sorts of aspects look this thing and what, what it is that i'm trying to do with the riververse what i can promise you is quality man i can promise these people quality the book in itself is physically it's uh it's down, gonna be down quality to the tactile down things, to the paper like, the like paper. you yes. know comics yes like, exactly you know it. exactly I mean, yeah, but it matters yes it does yeah, this, this is stuff. why i still love vinyl there you go. I mean, this is physical what, copies matter, c- man. Come on, man. I want to touch it and feel it. And I still want to go. Yeah, there's some craftsmanship into this. You know, I, I'd much rather, you know, have a vinyl record. Plus, it just sounds better. Yeah. I mean, it's just authentic. And and so, but even music, you have a band. Yeah. You're reviving that thing. You come out with a new album. Just getting back to even just musicians just playing the instrument. Yeah. Yeah. Just be the actual player yeah. for crying out. Be the writer, be the player, be the, yeah, yeah come like on, all man. of us, that's so, the side so, is with us. Yeah. So for everybody, we, we have this episode because for us, it's always about impacting lives and impacting culture. And this is a really unique trio of yeah. different perspectives. And, and Eric, we've had fun with you, man. Thank you. You're, you're amazing. Thank you. I want people to follow your stuff. Um, tell us real quick, best, and we'll throw it up on the screen as well. Best, uh, we know you know where to get you, but, but your social, but also this material. Where yeah, uh, obviously, EricDJuly.com will keep you up to date with everything it is that I'm doing. We haven't launched a website yet, but it, it, it will be Ripperverse. We already got like the URL, so you can't try to get it for those of you that may watch it, thinking <laughs> that uh, you know we have all of that. And that's where you will be able to get the book and upcoming uh, support the upcoming campaign with the pre-order and all of that stuff as well and obviously i'm at eric d july basically everywhere so people that want to keep keep tabs on me i know i get question i get the most is hey where am i going to be able to get the book trust me when it comes out i am not going to shut up about it it'll be the thing that i talk about non-stop and and nor nor will we (laughs) you're going to be back yeah the book's going to be in front of your face and and then we're going to page through the pages and we're going to introduce these characters right And, and uh Thank you very much. Philip, keep writing. You write amazing stuff. Eric, um, appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. Let's, uh, let's encourage those who want to create. You got to create, but it's got to be good. Got to be good. It's yeah. got to be good. It's got to inspire. It's got to move people. All right. Thanks, guys. Till next time. Awesome. Thanks, Eric. Oh, anytime. Brother, anytime. So appreciate you, man. Anytime, dude. You need me. I'm here, man. <laughs> Philip, what? A-